The first is a Facebook group called VeggieTales Jacking Off Donkey from Shrek. <laughs> click on Go that. on. Are you going to add? Are you going to follow it? Click on that. Gonna join join the, group? the group. Immediately become the admin of the group. Establish the group is now about Doug. Do they, this is, still a, this is just updating in, in May. You should advertise our podcast on there. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you ready? Funny. Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Funny Papers, a show where three thirty-something sure collective psychosis about the classic '90s cartoon show Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. I'm the CEO of Sucking and Fucking Baby Woo, and Jim. Hibernian juveniles are an untapped nutritional market. Today, we cover episode 30, part one of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. And episode 30, part one's title is Doug's Career Anxiety. In this economy? Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Topical humor. Indeed. I do not like this episode. That's my review. I like this one. (laughs) I think I don't like it because it's good. I like it because, like... It makes me nervous. <laughs> this episode is we. This episode is muddled. We'll put it that way. I don't know. I think this, this one. First, this is the first appearance of uh, noted sex pervert, Mister Shalaki, right? Yeah. Does he appear again? <laughs> well, he does. He, he does. Oh, but God. also, but also, he's been referenced before. Has he? Um, yeah. So let's so let's get into this. So this is an episode where it begins by Doug saying that it is career week at school. Elementary school. <laughs> we see the full campus of the elementary school, and it has multiple buildings and Olympic swimming pool. Yeah, it's, it's a, a high like it's not just a high school. It's a very large high school. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this a bunch. Like, remember they have the entire science building, right? The science well, We never wing. saw the full uh, campus before now, I don't think. We just heard it that there was a science building. Yeah. No, it's it's an enormous campus. Um, and here remember we... Remember when we used to fund education, guys? Hey. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah, this is a good time. It made us realize that shows like Doug were good and, uh... Although I think canonically <laughs> the Bluffs fund the school, so it's, like, partly privatized. Right. I mean, because the Bluffs own the town, right? Yeah. So by owning the town, then they own all the utilities and they own all the, uh, like, public services, right? Yeah, maybe they moved because it's a charter school and Doug got into it. It's possible. I mean, because that's kind of how this whole town works. Like, uh, I mean, it's fucking named Bluffington, right? Yeah. For the they, Bluffs. It's named <laughs> after a rich guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, so we learn that Career Week at school consists of everyone goes to see Mr. Shalaki. He's the guidance counselor, and he gives everyone a test to see what career is perfect for them. He calls the computer Mr. Computer, which I liked. <laughs> he does. That's what I call my gaming machine. That's Mr. 100% what I was going to ask you if you called yes. your computer Mr. Computer. I call my computer Mr. Pornography. It can also run some games, though. Great. Yeah, you guys, you guys really have your priorities in order. 
It's what computers mine, are for, Mike. What do you use yours for? Mine's supposed to tell me what career would be perfect for me. It's been broken for years. <laughs> this is uh, this computer is the beginning of what I like to call boring Skynet, where the computer takes over all of Bluffington, but then realizes, oh, I don't want to rule over this, and then commits Harakiri. <laughs> kind of. Like, this is a early gag in the film. Oh, hey, the automation is going to solve all of our problems, but oh no, the automation broke. How wacky. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the computer is even shaped like a toaster, right? Like, there's yeah. a toaster thing on the side. There's, like, a little slot on the top. Like, it's just like, oh, what are what are computers other than real fancy toasters, right? That was kind of a thing people said yeah, back in the day. Of course, they're always wrong and <laughs> distrusted. Every time. Yeah, there's never been a time that a computer has produced the right result in any of these, which is hilarious to me. Right. Just like real life. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why we're recording uh, this podcast on a series of uh, t- uh, cans on telephone strings. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that we then purely uh, analog, baby. Right? Yes. Yeah, we tell this story to someone else. Like we, we these aren't our real voices, right? We recite these this podcast to somebody else, and then they uh, recite it into a different machine that records their voices because we don't trust. Describes it onto use... wax cylinders. It's but we've outsourced all of this to the Philippines. Right. What's minimum wage right now federally? Seven twenty-five, isn't it? I pay a man seven dollars and twenty-four cents to record this for me. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, look at Mister Big Spender. <laughs> I pay someone very well to have a very nice voice. I tell them every year that if we have a good year, I'm gonna give them health insurance. <laughs> Just like Doug as a CEO. Well, we're in year two of the Bunny Papers now, so. <laughs> Like, uh, share, and subscribe, folks. Indeed. <laughs> That's what's preventing health insurance. <laughs> well, so we go into Mr. Shalaki's office, um, and he is... Let's describe his office real quick. Uh, Mr. Shalaki is a guy who is... He has a big orange afro. Uh, he wears a sweater that says, Hug Me, on it. Uh, he has glasses, a constant smile. Like, and he has a onto huge his gray ass. absolute pervert yeah husky dumps on this man (laughs) he also has a um a clown punching bag that says hug me written on the front of it uh which (laughs) my man loves hugs (laughs) in an elementary school and practicing hugging on a clown doll uh, Which is also a punching bag (laughs) not that somebody has self-esteem issues mr shellacki I think that's kind of what it is because he's like way like he's I think they make him like happy to a fault, right? Like they make him be like the ha ha ha, I'm so happy, ha ha and then he goes home and drinks a lot, right? Like yes, I think that's what they're trying says. to make him. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you're not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute, that clown isn't a punching bag. <laughs> you're not supposed to fuck that clown. <laughs> Look, Uncle uh, Happy had a lot of bastard spawn. Wait a minute, you're not supposed to put toast in that gaming machine? <laughs> oh, it fucking says you. Yeah, How so else warm. am I supposed to snack while I game, Mike? Answer me that. Uh, you gotta... Mr. Shellacki is using that computer to post on alt nets about feet. <laughs> no. Yeah. Just one moment, Douglas, and Mr. Computer will figure out the answer for us. 
Well, so that actually kind of takes us into a segue, I think, into the where Mr. Slaggy has actually been referred to before in Doug Universe. Not by name, but remember, so Mr. Slaggy is the guidance counselor. And remember, when Skunky Beaumont once tried to steal the idol of Lamar Bone, he was sentenced to see the guidance counselor every day for a year. Right? That's right. And Skunky Beaumont in this is like last year's CEO. Yeah. Which Doug becomes this year. Yeah. This yeah. is also the totally first time. Totally Listen to your fucking show, Bible, Doug. <laughs> this is also the first time Skunky Beaumont has existed in two seasons, which is weird. Skunky, as a joke, ceased to exist for a lengthy time, but because we've brought up the guidance counselor who Skunky Beaumont must regularly interact with, Skunky has been called back into reality by sympathetic magic. I, I think it's important that the guidance counselor, that Skunky Beaumont was the successful CEO of last year, but also that was the year when he had to see the guidance counselor every day, right? Well, was that two years ago? Because it has oh, been yeah, two that was two now. years ago. That was two years ago. That's true. So that means that he had a year well, it's to two years in. ago showtime. We don't know. I mean, this might be chronologically the second episode in the timeline. Who knows? Sure. Maybe this happened before. Maybe he was a successful CEO before he had to go to the guidance counselor every day but we know that that happened a year before doug even came to bluffington so that was beforehand so maybe it was either concurrent or before that he saw the guidance counselor every day before he became a successful businessman basically at some point i think for my early assessment based on what we now have the skunky beaumont timeline and the fact that he disappears for an extended period of time there I think that shortly following becoming the CEO, Skunky Beaumont was killed and replaced by a clone. It's possible, because remember, Skunky Beaumont also knows how to calculate the perfect arc to a spitball, right? And had his brain sucked out by Roger, yes. Right. But that well, but was that, that brain. Place. No, that took place in the Oogieverse, though. Yeah, so that, yeah, was, that was, false. was in the Oogieverse, which is a reality but- similar to, but not exactly identical to Doug's own. But wait, this episode has a reference to Oogie in it as well. It does. So, yeah, it does at the very end. So this might be an Oogie verse candidate as well. Well, get, let's 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 think about this as now, we go. We, right, we got to think about if this is an Oogie verse candidate. Yes. Um. Okay. So we're talking with Mr. Shalaki, uh, and we're talking to Mr. Computer. Uh, and Doug, he's still, like, we're sitting and we're waiting for calculations from the computer. It's making a bunch of, like, beepity boobity computer noises. And we have to sit and wait because there's, like, two kilobytes of RAM on this thing. Uh, and uh, we see that, like, he, he, he has a bunch of, like, posters for different careers in his office, right? Uh, he has a poster for the Peace Corps. Uh, he has a poster for crop dusting, and he has a poster for architecture. The three careers. The three yes. careers. I do like that the Peace Corps uh, entire like poster is of someone milking a cow. It's like it's, that's what you do on there. I mean, I don't know what the Peace Corps actually does, so sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they make peace i I had to google it it was like they like you know support infrastructure and developing places there's all sorts of fun conspiracy theories about what they actually do but yeah no it's symbolized in milking cows yeah uh well so doug starts to fantasize about what these different careers might be like uh the first he fantasizes is about being an architect and like anybody else, he has no idea what being an architect is and just draws a picture of Mr. Shalaki as a building. 
<laughs> at first, at first, I, I was just like, "Oh, great! This is this is a really useful segue, Doug." But I realized it's actually a uh, setting up the end of the episode with the bookmarks. How so? Just because oh yeah, drawing, it he's, is. He's drawing Mister Shellacky here, and then at the very end, oh. he draws Mister Shellacky, which gives him the idea that he was supposed to have the entire time, but he just comes up with it at the end. Huh? This is okay. actually yeah okay yeah that does make sense. So it's like a little bit of foreshadowing, maybe, but it's yeah. as a building instead of as a man. <laughs> which right. he draws it's but it's drawing, so <laughs> it's drawing. Whatever, it's what Doug likes. And then uh, there's we jump to him thinking about being a crop duster by which we mean a pilot, where he's using uh, all this very expensive uh, fertilizing from a plane stuff to draw a picture of Patty in the sky, who does not appear in this episode, incidentally. Yeah, I also really like that. So you're saying that he uses like he's using like pesticides to draw pictures yes. of Patty in the sky. I like. I have he's carved like, your name in the sky in poison. <laughs> and he's like, and he's and he's doing this. He's doing like loop the loops, and it's in an open open cockpit. It's in like a biplane, like an open cockpit. So he's just like breathing in pesticide <laughs> as he's drawing pictures of Patty. You bring me closer to God. He's <laughs> just like hallucinating while he's just like dying in the cockpit of a biplane. He's <laughs> just imagining like having sex with Patty as he doesn't know his dive. He's, he's actually like not drawing anything in the sky. And he thought, he's like, wow, I sure drew yeah, a good picture. It's just a straight line that goes directly into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a like the pipeline of the poison like into his mouth <laughs> as he draws it into the ground. <laughs> Boy, I'm a good artist. <laughs> if only this picture of her face holds also- my masterwork, and he just lands immediately in a pre-made grave. <laughs> if only this picture of her face was also a house. <laughs> oh man. Well, he doesn't fantasize about being in the Peace Corps, though. He's like, nah, that job's lame. Um, well, he does fantasize, but, but they can't show that on, what he fantasizes about on Nickelodeon. Right. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh. And then he thinks to himself, he's like, boy, or maybe I could even be a secret agent. And that they just don't have any sort of fantasy thing about, despite the fact it's the one that would have an established fantasy to have. <laughs> That's not a real job. I really like the idea of Mr. Schlacky being like, oh, shit. And he, like, pulls up the paper and he's like, uh, Doug, there's someone waiting in the other room that you have to talk to to get your assignment. <laughs> he's like, I legally cannot tell you what it is. He, says, like, he, like, pulls a piece of paper out of the computer. He's like, oh, it says here you're going to be a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, uh, Mr. Bluff has suggested that you go over to our sister school, the School of the Americas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, what do you know uh, about car batteries and testicles, Doug? <laughs> he just like is sitting in the room, and as Mr. Shalaki pulls the paper up, his eyes widen, and then a bullet shoots through his head, and <laughs> helicopters <laughs> land and pull Doug out, and then the episode <laughs> fades to black. <laughs> And the rest of it is uh, an episode of Pinky Dinky Doo being shown yeah. to our troops. Yes. They just cut the Rugrats real quick. 
<laughs> it's Rugrats, but they're all sitting in the green room because they didn't know they're supposed to be on. Right. Tommy Pickles is just like smoking a cigarette and he's like, what? It's <laughs> 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 just like Chucky is just like, just, just like drinking his eighth cup yeah. of coffee and shaking in front of the camera. <laughs> Chucky is no, he's drinking his cup of coffee that's like Jameson and he's doing lines of blow getting ready to go on <laughs> Phil and Lil are like desperately pleading with the both of them being like we can't work like this yeah, Phil and Lil are putting on their makeup they don't look anything like one another yeah 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 <laughs> yeah they're just like we've done with this shit for too long Tommy get no, not your, get your act together yeah, they're not even like the uh, close to each other. They just wear fully green suits because they're one hundred percent CGI. <laughs> one of them's the yeah. guy who played Jar Jar Binks. They're both voiceovered by like Tom Hanks. <laughs> 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 oh, shit! Oh man, this, this is a good Doug episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, well, so. Then Mr. Shalaki is like, Oh my gosh, this is super! What does it say, Mr. Shalaki? Only the Douglas Funny is just about the luckiest boy on the block. You're going to be... Yeah? A corporate executive! A what? Uh, (laughs) who did your dad get blackmail on, Doug? Yes. I mean, that is kind of like... You're the luckiest boy on the block because you were born into inheritance or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is particularly entertaining because it's part of like 90s meritocracy ideas that has just always been transparent horse shit. Like, you cannot test into being a corporate executive. You can get connections into being a corporate executive. <laughs> yeah. That's very much a thing that can happen. But no, like, you get all the grades in the fucking planet, like, uh, no, there's an old crack from a elderly member of my family who found infinite joy in this knowledge that he was at school with uh, one guy who went on to be, like, head of engineering for Ford and one guy who went on to be, like, the defense secretary during Vietnam. And he only thing he has is, I was in the same class as both of them, I know one of them got C's and one of them got A's. And I know I did better than both of them. Yeah. Like, just the, yeah, doesn't fucking matter. I'm just laughing about Shellacky being like a third world malice. And he pulls that uh, piece of paper out and he goes, great news, Douglas. You're going to be first against the wall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, Congratulations. And the dictatorship of the proletariat is implemented. We are going to use your intestines to hang the last priest. You have the great honor of being the symbol. <laughs> Patty Mayonnaise will cut your throat out and drink your delicious, delicious blood. Patty, you're the luckiest girl on the block. <laughs> yeah, somebody has to drink his blood, and we think you're the one who will take the most pleasure from it. Right. Well, Patty so- Mayonnaise is a vampire in the Gritty Doug reboot. I've decided this. Didn't we already decide that she was like a ghost hunter or something? And so she has she, a gun, yeah. She's also a vampire. Ghost hunting vampire hunter, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> well, so he starts, Doug starts being like, I don't even know what that is. Uh, and and like, <laughs> Mr. Shellacky just keeps just like, he's like not giving a shit. He's just like, <gasps> what's that? You hear that knocking? 
What is that? It's you, Mr. Shellacky. It's Mr. Opportunity, Doug! That's who's knocking! And then Mr. Shellacky runs around the room just chanting, business, business, business. <laughs> yes! He's just making train sounds and yelling business. <laughs> Business, 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 business. This is terrible. I didn't know anything about business. Mr. Opportunity is married to Mr. Computer. (laughs) And their child, their illegitimate child is business. Business, 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 business. Business. Oh, I mean, that's really all anybody knows about business, right? Is yelling the word business and being extremely confident. I mean, there's that great uh, Michael Moore clip. I forget what movie it's from, where he just like sits outside Wall Street and Wall Street and asks investors what particular words mean, and they have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Oh, well, it's, just, it's just rigged gambling. That's uh-huh. all it is. It is <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, it's you know, it's not gambling. It's just like poker, where if you know what you're doing, it's not gambling. Oh yeah, doing oh, yeah. It's slightly less gambling, sort of. God. Maybe no, a it's a hundred. It's a hundred percent gambling. <laughs> hey, I'll have you know what I do is not at all gambling. Or if it is gambling, it's mostly gambling against myself and the possibility that coronavirus will continue to devastate the economy. Right. Look, if it was gambling, it would be illegal, stupid. Yeah. Points at brain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, well, Mr. Shalahi is like, the hanky-schmanky life choice decide her is never wrong. Uh, That's, I think, what Mr. Computer is running. Uh, and he shows Doug a plot of his life trajectory. Please, please, please. He now does what you properly call big data analytics. (laughs) I have a graduate degree in this, and so I can speak on the subject with great authority. What you do is you show a graph that doesn't have a labeled (laughs) x-axis or a labeled y-axis, and it's going up and to the right, and you say, that means what I just said is correct. Look at the graph. It goes the way that I say it goes. Now (laughs) please pay me money. Thank you. And then everyone in the auditorium stands up and applauds and throws you roses. (laughs) Oh, please, please. We don't need roses. We just need money. (laughs) Of course. Well, in this... Mr. Shalanki, he points out certain points on the plot, though. Like, he points to different sections Which of Which are, they have they no x-axis or y-axis labels. This is just him saying, fuck it. You, you clearly don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to say this in the presumption that because I'm adding more detail, I must be more right. He doesn't even know what Mr. Computer is saying. <laughs> Well, but the funny thing is what he's the trends that he's specifically pointing at, right? So this plot is it's it's a generally upward trend, but it's like a rocky one. Like it's like your yeah, classic, it goes like, up and down. It goes up sharply. and down. It's like it's like one of those stock down is like the first cartoons. time the Doug gets a boner. Well, no, he points at what the first down is, and he says this is high school, and he goes down and then up. Um, I mean, that's the trajectory of any business executive is to almost flunk out of high school and basically, it not matter. Basically, yes, that's what he's doing. Um, and then he points to an extreme down. Like, he, he points to another extreme down, but then back up again, and he goes, this is you getting A's in business in college. 
Um, <laughs> it's really hard not to get A's in business in college. Yeah. No, that was I one of the people... only classes that my grade improved after I stopped going to class. Half of half of people I know who have gone to business school are like, yeah, this is basically just like adult summer camp. Like you just basically you basically go to like yeah, after no. class keggers. <laughs> yeah, the social events are the thing that matters. The actual classes and shit. Like I just took one or two electives of that because I figured it might be useful someday. And yeah, no. You took an elective in uh, doing beer bongs. Yeah, yeah, that would have been the more productive way to spend my time. I got a doctorate in smoking weed, man. Oh, shit, bro. <laughs> Here's a million dollars. Well, yeah, but it's it's very funny to me that, like, when he's saying these things that are ostensibly supposed to be good, like getting A's in business, he says it in, like, a very, like, positive tone, he's pointing to downward spikes. Yeah, that's, that's a graph of his serotonin levels. <laughs> yes, kind of. Uh, and then he says... That after, and he says, and then after this, it's just up, 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 like a rocket ship. But he does, that part is not on the plot. <laughs> it's too hard to draw. Yeah. He just, like, says it's implied. They had to save that money somewhere. Right. They didn't have the screen resolution to contain that part on Mr. Computer. <laughs> Look, trust me, things go better after this. There's no reason for you to believe that there will ever be any kind of economic downturn. The model does not include that. Right, yeah. The model is 100% correct. There is nothing that is going to happen in approximately 2008. (laughs) Friend computer knows. Uh, Well, uh, Doug is like, hey, can I be a secret agent or a forest ranger instead? Doug, you don't want to be a forest ranger. That's what he wanted right to be. Now. That's what he wanted to be on Meet the Mayor Day. Remember? Yeah. On, uh, well, I'm saying for just for your career prospects, you don't want to be a forest ranger. Probably not. There's only like a hundred of them, right? I they, don't actually know. I've seen pictures of like those forest ranger houses that they live in that are like super high up and like a basically a studio apartment that's like on a like thousand foot pole that's above a bunch of forests so that they can see if there are any forest fires in the distance. Jesus. It's pretty terrifying, and I mean, it looks like cool for a picture. It might be neat, neat to like take a vacation there, but living there would be terrifying. I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck, fuck the wilderness. <laughs> There's bears in the woods. You got to be careful. All right, don't fuck me up. Uh, I need this- to be inside in air conditioning, like close to video games at all times. You need an Ethernet cable plugged into your urethra at all times. You need, you need to be in front of Mister Computer. <laughs> I yeah, I do spend. Probably 18 hours a day in front of a screen of some sort. Yes, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, there's I no spiders there. <laughs> which is I mean, there's only spiders if I summon them to the screen. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. It's We are now entering what? Month eight Infinity. of. Infinity. We're entering month eight of this nonsense. The number of people who spend less than 12 hours a day in front of a screen has gone down sharply. And I love it, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, we're slowly turning the rest of the world into us. It's great. This is the only good way to organize society. Let it be March of 2020 forever. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> Mr. Computer's a, a all thousand around. years. <laughs> Ten thousand years of extreme terror and not be, everybody buying toilet paper for no apparent fucking reason. Fill me up with video games. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, my dear. Bring the computer. <laughs> a Steam summer sale that never ends. <laughs> Thank you, Gabe uh, Newell as the Joker. Yes. Uh, thank you, the Weather Wizard. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, well, Mr. Shalaki, in response to this, he says an amazing line. I think uh, he says, "Douglas, this is the week when we put away childish things. It's time for you to get in touch with your inner adult." Doug is eleven. Doug is eleven, yes. and this is a man wearing a hug me sweater, <laughs> who runs around making train noises and screaming. Business. He calls his computer Mister Computer, and he's talking <laughs> about adulthood. I mean, that's probably supposed to be the joke, right? Probably, probably. I mean, it's, still, it's still good. That's good. Um, well, Doug says that the next day. Specifically, he says some of us were sent to Bluffco to learn the about the rest our of jobs. us were executed. Right, like the rest, the rest of us of were sent go? to the factory where we are. <laughs> we're gonna go to jobs that won't exist when we're adults. Right, where you don't have to learn about your jobs. You just have to work today. <laughs> right, they they loan you out, sort of like an internship program, but really it's a cost saving program that skirts child labor laws. But somehow in this world, they pay those interns. <laughs> Somehow better. Uh, <laughs> well, look, we don't we haven't invented a Mister Computer yet that can fix the economy, <laughs> right? Oh well, they start in in this uh, bus on the way there. Uh, it, it, we see that Doug is hanging out with Skeeter and Chalky and BB and Connie. Uh, Chalky says that he's been pegged as the art director. Oh no. <laughs> and okay. Skeeter is the inventor. Okay. Not really a job, I don't think. I think no, they wanted whatever. to say. I think they wanted to say engineer, but they'd think that kids didn't know what an engineer did, which makes sense at that day and age. Like, I got an engineering degree and didn't know what an engineer was until late in high school. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, well. So, uh, and, and, and BB and Connie are here too, but we don't hear what BB and Connie are going to be. Uh, they're just sort of there. Yeah, they are there and they evidently have opinions and BB, I assume BB just got to say, yeah, I get the part working for my dad that I want, which, all right, whatever. And Connie is, from context later on, I think Connie is getting a operations vp for the day role but um yeah. that's all connie's an hr director <laughs> gotta tell doug to stop hitting on her <laughs> oh, no. no no patty's the hr director that's why we don't see her she's busy trying to figure out the way that you can stop the doug problem right yeah she's off screen just being like oh god like answering the phone all day of everyone complaining about doug yeah, she called in sick because she didn't want to go to school the day Doug would be able to give her orders. <laughs> yeah, sensible. I think I think Connie Connie starts talking about budget at one point. So either she's yes. like Connie is de- Connie is operations. Connie is the one who's actually in charge of trying to keep track of any of the pricing involved on this. She's the one who suggests maybe instead of an incredibly expensive material, we could use not expensive material. Right. 
Oh yeah, also it is thrown out that During last year's career week, the class made some credit bumper stickers and Skunky Beaumont sold so many that he bought himself a boat. Why did Skunky Beaumont buy a boat? <laughs> <laughs> to get out of Bluffington to escape. But Bluffington's <laughs> landlocked. That's why uh, oh, Mr. True. Valentine had to move and become That's Roger right. Valentine. <laughs> yes. Uh, Roger's become dad. Become Mr. Like, Roger. Mr. Roger. <laughs> Mr. Roger's dad, excuse yeah. you. Yeah, Mr. Roger's dad, <laughs> the most important character. Well, hang on. So, okay, this is what I was thinking about in this. Does this mean that Skunky is in a different grade? Or do they do this every year with the same class? Because... If they did this last year... Are there any then, other classes, though? That's what I'm wondering. Like, Because if they did this last year, then either that means that everyone in, the school, everyone in Doug's class does this exact routine every year, or Skunky was in a different class. Like, Skunky was a grade above them, but then he was in a science class with them allegedly once, but that was in the Oogieverse. So, uh, I think Skunky is in a different year. I think Skunky is not in this class. I think right? Skunky is an idea instead of a person. We did talk about that at one point, <laughs> that Skunky is like the idea of chaos or like the idea of like thinking about stuff. Like, I, I can't remember exactly what we determined that Skunky was in. That's probably smart of. and correct, though. Yeah. Skunky Beaumont is a top level super genius, and it is the part where uh, Roger consumes his brain that Roger becomes Dr. Klotzenstein. Right. Roger the, isn't in this episode either, right? It's true. Yeah, he's not. Well, he his job he he's probably sent off to the factory or to the security force. <laughs> yeah, they just, security they force. just send him directly to jail. <laughs> <laughs> they say this is your job, Roger. <laughs> they, yeah, they fucking Get print out for Mister Computer, and he's like, "Well, Roger, looks like you're selected for prison. <laughs> oh, We're no. just sending you directly to jail on grounds oh, of man, no. save us some time." <laughs> oh no. And wait, it's like, wait, but but Doug's the one mismanaging the business and losing all the money. Ha ha, he can't go to jail, though. He's an executive. His name is Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, no. Well, uh, yeah, so that's what they learned about Skunky. Uh, and they're like, okay, well, what are we going to make? And Chalky's like, we can't decide that until we know who's in charge, who's the executive. And Doug says that he is. And Chalky's like, fuck that. I want to be the executive Doug. Let's trade. And that happens at the end to spoil everything. Yeah. yeah. And also, P.S. Chalky, as somebody who has been on team sports, as such, has some basic understanding of how leadership functions. As opposed yeah. to Doug, who is originally just petrified by the thought of this, but then now, as this is brought up that, okay, we can trade... BB steps in. Why would Doug want to be an art director when he's going to be a rich businessman like my father? Rich? This breaks Doug's brain for the rest of the episode. It's just like every time that people tell Doug he's going to be famous or like rich or whatever, it's like <laughs> me, famous or rich. And then he imagines his future house and then Doug's future house is basically the discovery zone. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's the house from uh, fucking blank, blank check. check. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Or Home Alone 2 or something. <laughs> An English guy is narrating its many features and also the fact there's a library full of comic books, most of which were written by Doug, and the comic books are of the adventures of Businessman. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And so in, in in the word business, man, the last two S's are dollar signs, but not the first S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, hang on. So you you skipped over a lot of the detail there. So the, the I think it's important. So this is like the Quailman Memorial Library that's within Doug's house. This is called Doug Corp, by the way, right? Like he's got this building. It's Doug Corp. Um, and he's got the Quailman Memorial Library. He says there are tens of thousands of comics in here, thousands of which are drawn by Doug, right? So that's like, like you say, that's a large percentage. Imagine if you were working at a job and there was like an employee rec room and like most of the stuff in there was like made by the CEO. And he's like, check out my, my music album. It's all you can listen to. Oh, I'll bet you that exists. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, oh Man, wait, isn't that Trump? But one, that just Trump? <laughs> one that's Trump to uh, like, I think Howard Schultz, the Starbucks guy, like he's in a jazz improv something or other band and for a while his music was one of the only things that they played in starbucks oh that's awful god (laughs) i'm i was i was laughing about uh doug's like comic library having like the complete sonic chew collection (laughs) (laughs) he has every single bit of the extended knuckles cinematic universe yes we're not going to explain that one on the pod so you guys can just google that and have yourself a little treat remember never trust or listen to sam (laughs) (laughs) the fact that the guy who invented knuckles is a guy who'd sued the Sega Corporation it's established he had the rights to everyone shaped like Knuckles forever and has an entire <laughs> extended Knuckles timeline. He kicks so much ass. That's incredible. The guy's name is Ken Penders. That one actually is worth a Google if you want to lose a couple of hours to going down a rabbit hole of inanity. Amazing. Sonic characters break people's brains in the most delightful ways. They do, yeah. <laughs> His arms aren't blue. <laughs> <laughs> getting arrested because of sonic's blue arms <laughs> or i guess lack of blue arms the uh the one other thing that i really like about the the comic of businessman that doug is has drawn of himself uh is that businessman the protagonist of the comic is like scowling on the cover <laughs> he's like a very mean person it's like Trump's Twitter avatar. Yes. More or less. <laughs> Where it, like the cover is like this scowling man with a bunch of people asking him to sign stuff. <laughs> oh man, it's just so awful. Um and also there like Doug Co Doug Corp also has like an arcade and a root beer bar. It's got a lake for fishing inside of it. <laughs> um, but, uh, so they arrive at Bluffco. Uh, remember that Bluffco is, uh, the biggest industry in town. It's, like, what the town is named for. Uh, their symbol is a giant screw. Um, it has a series of, like, gates that it open, and there's no mechanism on the gates. It's just, like, two bars. There's, like, nothing holding the gates in place. It's, like, these ghost bars. Now, does Bluffco make bumper stickers? Or yeah, is that a separate industry. So Skunky Beaumont just went, "Hey, let's make the thing that this company already makes. <laughs> yes. I'll be a millionaire," and it worked. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Skunky Beaumont <laughs> is someone who understands you don't kill the goose that lays the golden eggs. <laughs> right, right. Like there is a like. Have I told the Sears story on the podcast yet? I think you actually have. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's that thing all over again. Just somebody comes in, thinks, oh, no, I'm going to blow up everything. I'm going to change everything. When, no, if you just kept on doing things the way they'd been going, you probably yeah. would not, I don't know, 
destroyed the fucking company. Even BB had called Skunky's Beaumont's uh, bumper stickers. She specifically called them cruddy bumper stickers. So, like, he just made bad versions yeah, of what they costs and produced the same thing. And congratulations, <laughs> Skunky. Yeah, there you go. That's business. Yeah, that's business, baby. <laughs> oh, well. So, yeah, they arrive um, at Bluff Co., and um, Doug goes up to, I, I assume that everyone just gets sent to like the person who is the corollary to their job because Doug gets sent up to Mr. Bluff's executive office um, and, and he's in like this nautical uniform. He's wearing like a captain's hat. <laughs> he's dressed like a fucking sailor. <laughs> yeah. And he tells Bizarre. and he tells Doug not to call him Mr. Bluff to in fact call him Captain Bluff. Aye aye, Lord Admiral. <laughs> yeah. And he tells Doug Every year I bring young up and coming executives here to get their suit legs. And he's got a Hall of Fame set up for projects in the past, uh, from from the elementary school. Yeah, they just steal, like, ideas off of children here and then make money off of it. But they're all, like, really basic ideas, right? Like, all the three things that are in this case are one is bumper stickers, another is glasses, (laughs) and another is those dice that you put on rearview mirrors. Glasses are a good racket, though. It costs, like, 70 cents to make glasses frames, but they sell them for, like, $400. Yeah, yeah. But they're nice. business racket. They're they're fashionable now. It it like kind of pisses me off that glasses are fashionable now <laughs> because it's like I know people who have worn like glasses that don't actually have lenses in them. They're just like fake frames just in order to wear glasses. And I'm like, God damn it, that's mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got my eyes don't work. Yeah, they're stealing uh, valor from those of us who spent too much time staring <laughs> at video games as small children. Yes. Video game valor stealers. How dare you? You probably had a social life when you were five. Yeah! I spend 18 hours a day reading screens. There can't be any negative consequences to that, right? Obviously. And uh, I can't see the big E on the uh, vision chart. <laughs> Wait a minute, you know it's an E. How long because I put the glasses on? I don't know, sometimes it might be an F just to fuck with you. Yes, yes. Uh, well, Mr. Bluff, uh, he he goes into and he says, Making these projects and selling them at school is the first step on the road to world domination. Oh, I mean, to a career in business, you see. Yeah, we're well aware that you have plans for more than just making bumper stickers. You own a fucking town. This is not a surprise to anyone. The mayor's right. office in this town is bigger than the Virginia Capitol building. Do we think that, like, in this, that they actually, in Doug Cannon, meant for this to be, like, an oligarchy? Like, for Mr. Bluff to actually own the town? It's supposed to be the suburbs of Richmond, Virginia. That's what Richmond, Virginia is and always has been. Yeah, before you think that him saying the world domination is a joke to, like, play, like, make fun of business people, in this episode, it proves without a shadow of a doubt that you need a strong business person leader, or otherwise nothing works. Right. And also, like, like that is the message of this episode, but also, like, 
do we like okay sure that Richmond, in virginia is like like hasn't always been like that but that's always not always been like the line the line is still that like oh like government is so separate from private business right that's been the line especially in the 90s right but why like do you think in this show's canon they're saying that like this is the way things are here that we're yes. not actually crazy for saying that they own the fucking town like this yeah, is no, real like, it, it, the town is named for him and does like remain so like there's very much a case virginia started off explicitly as an oligarchy run by private interests and <laughs> while in the modern day that's been toned down somewhat courtesy of they started and lost a civil war but that factor still very much exists and there's plenty of people who are wealthy business owners in virginia who are very much aware of the fact that oh no this democracy thing is a minor irritant in the way of getting making sure i have everything i want in my fiefdom forever (laughs) mr bluff is this is, again, I think we cracked this line uh, the first time we saw him back in the uh, Chromo Nito 5000 episode. Yeah, the one with the, the radio that broke. Yeah, and the chameleon. Who the chameleon! Is, who is dead and in hell forever. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, like, there is very much a thing going on here of Mr. Bluff. This is his town, and yes, he checks which of the young people might at some point demonstrate worth to be inheriting some fraction of his power right well he tells doug uh what he doug asks him what to do and he tells him the three rules of business uh the three rules are one decide two direct and three delegate uh doug repeats it with him and like grips his fists and scowls angrily when he's doing it Number one, decide. Number two, direct. Number three, delegate. Decide, direct, delegate. Say it with me. Decide, Decide, direct, direct, delegate. delegate. Brilliant. No ideology to see here. Yeah. (laughs) I know, right? Recite the sacred words and go forth and command. So, uh, real quick, if you are my boss, stop listening right now. (laughs) Uh, Same. But, like, if... If you've ever had a job before with an executive, you know that the way they present an ex- executive in this episode is not at all how it like happens in real life. Usually, it's the workers that are just working along and doing good, and then executive butts in and goes, hey, I know what a good idea is, and it fucks everything up. <laughs> yep. There are a good executive. Such things are at least hypothetically possible. Oxymoron. Yeah. A (laughs) functional executive. Let's try that more accurately. The is somebody who does, in fact, have the job of decide, direct, delegate. Because, okay, people come to in a functional organizational structure. If decisions cannot be come to through a matter of consensus, the executive's job is to decide between competing visions direct much like a tyrant yes (laughs) then direct and delegate are the two sub things as far as all right divvy up the work to people who can do it Mm -hmm. and what we see promptly is that chalky as someone who has played on a sports team before and as such participated in a collaborative enterprise with the task of achieving a goal instinctively gets this meanwhile doug 
is doing a perfect recapitulation of your average executive who has been handed the job by accident of birth. Because as they have this entire big meeting to establish what they're going to be doing, while everybody else who is actually, like, has a stake in the project is busy establishing what they're doing, Doug is doodling how he wants his, uh, fantasy house to look. Yeah. Well, don't forget, before he left the the meeting room uh, with Mr. Bluff, Mr. Bluff gave, Captain Bluff, excuse me, gave him the key to the executive squash room for when things get really tough. <laughs> it's oh, a sure. golden Whatever. key. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fine. But yeah, like you say, Jim, uh, they're like everyone else is doing all the work uh, and they keep talking about how they like want to make sneakers and then they want to like make bumper stickers. But no, that's stupid because they already did that before. Uh, and they say that an hour passes while Doug is just sitting there drunk. Doug doesn't say anything for a full fucking hour. Nobody looks at him. Then about an hour later, a bookmark. That's what we can cool. make. It's simple, easy to make. I know! We can put the school seal on them! Everyone wants bookmarks. Yes. Yeah, that thing we, we lo- all love doing, reading. <laughs> I mean, at that at that age and in, like, the 90s, yeah, everybody loves reading. Yeah, video games aren't acceptable for adults yet. I'm gonna disagree with you, you fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you read a lot. You like books. You're Shut an English up. major. I'm a more I'm a than fu- either of us I'm do. a fucking jock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, the only thing I majored in is having sex with hot women. That's not true. <laughs> but, <laughs> Shut I, up! I went to school. With they you. don't know that. <laughs> it's an act, Remember folks. that promo where you mentioned that you had read both a novel about a functional anarchist society and a novel about '90s Nickelodeon? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're making that up. Did you use a bookmark for either of those? <laughs> I used a Kindle, which has made trap sprung. You read the book. (laughs) (laughs) We've proved that he's a nerd. I used a Kindle by throwing it in the garbage. (laughs) Oh yeah, we proved he's a nerd. Guards seize him. Yeah, seize him and throw him in the garbage with the rest of us. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, so, uh, they decide, they're like, hey, we could make a bookmark with the school seal on it. Everybody wants that. (sighs) Real cool, Uh, man. Real cool. Uh, BB can pick what kind of paper we use. Skeeter can design it, I guess. So, like, make the rectangle. (laughs) Um, He, like, draws a triangle. He's like, shit, fuck, (laughs) fuck. That's that's kind of what happens. Um, Yeah, he draws a shoe instead. Yes. Uh, And Chalky says that he can draw the school seal. Uh, And they're like, hey, Doug, what do you think? Because you're the boss. And he's like, sure, whatever. And they're like, great. Yeah, sure, fine. Anyway, I'm busy sketching out the other shit I'm going to do with the money from my winnings. Right. Doesn't Um, really matter if you all fuck this up. I got a golden (laughs) parachute out of this. I'll get a job on the board of something else. Right. He draws the uh, temple that's on Epstein's island. It's like, oh boy. Here's where the helicopter pad is. (laughs) Above the altar. Oh man! Well, so I guess we we got to BB, who I guess is in like the clothing department of Bluffco. BB is doing the just like BB's doing the design work that Skeeter isn't. <laughs> yeah, she's she's but she's in like a section that like there are a bunch of mannequins with like clothing on and like a bunch of fabrics, and she's like, hey, let's make this bookmark out of this fabric. 
right? It's like silk. Yeah. And it's, it's, he's just. Why they have this lying around the bumper sticker factory? Fuck you. Right. And like, there's this little crack about Doug's like, oh, that's too big. And she's like, no, we'll just cut it up. But like the whole point is that like they cut it up from this fabric, but the fabric has these little flowers on it, but they're very sparse. So like if you cut a bumper sticker, a bookmark out of this, you would almost never get a flower on that. The flower would never fit on a bumper on a bookmark. And Connie (laughs) is sitting behind saying, uh, that's really expensive and you can't really put anything on that. Uh, it's and, not you can't make a bumper sticker out of fabric <laughs> and not a bookmark and doug goes i can't decide like this is literally uh, the only function you are supposed to have doug yeah you're supposed to rubber stamp stuff like or you, say could, no. you don't know just flip a coin who cares pick the one of them who you don't owe your job to so you go with <laughs> right. what pa- so sensibly connie may be right and as operations frequently is that doesn't matter. It's not your money. You go with a woman who's going to increase your career prospects further on. Rubber stamp everything BB says. That's the route to succeed in business. Well, what part of this economic system could produce terrible results? I can't see any. It's impossible. It's actually the best way to do things. There is no better way to operate. Particularly the part where a computer just arbitrarily said, hey, this dipshit gets to be chief executive. Which is actually a better system than the one we have where, oh good, you picked the right hole to fall out of. Congratulations, (laughs) Mr. President of Walmart. Well, thankfully, Doug is saved from this decision because he can't decide. Uh, and then Cedar busts out of an elevator and he's like, hey, you got to see this sick thing I came up While with. While shouting, ahooga, <laughs> Yes, as he does. He's making mouth noises. He uh, upgraded from Hong Kong. He's reached Awuga Awuga. <laughs> One can only imagine the horrifying noise he will make the first time he nuts. <laughs> well, he says he's got an amazing idea. It's a foghorn, a... by the way. The sound oh, would be a foghorn. So he puts a. Re- he says he wants to put a reading light on the bookmark, and that it'll be very awesome. Uh, and Doug agrees, and they shake hands. <laughs> Which is very stupid, because you use a bookmark not while you're reading, but after you're done reading. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've actually seen bookmarks that have reading lights on them. That exists. Right, but I wouldn't want to put a bookmark as a reading light. I would just have a reading light. Yeah. But didn't you want it to also bookmark? It's a great idea. What if you had also it be a shoe? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now you got me. There you go. Well, this is like he's like doing this in the research lab of Bluffco. Uh, and there's like they've like fully rendered this thing in like CAD and like they're rotating There's a guy around. standing by with a bow tie, a lab coat and a white suit jacket. He kicks ass. I really want to know <laughs> what the hell this guy's job is that yes, he has to sit there and do whatever the hell this random teenager tells him to for the day. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. actually work there. <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy he's you know how we, out. we've talked about how like bluffco probably like makes a bunch of like military ideas too he probably works in the secret lab that's like underneath the ground <laughs> and they brought him up here to be like to legitimize him they're just like here just uh this, do is, this, career the, day. this is definitely not a man whose title is lethality engineer <laughs> yes Oh, he's just like, oh, finally I get to do something that's not stare at explosions every day. (laughs) Um, 
Well, so then Doug is on his way back to talk to BB, but he gets yanked into a room without being asked by Chalky. Chalky just like beats him up and brings him into a room. Uh, and he shows Doug a drawing of the seal that he has made. Uh, and it's terrible. Oh, no. But he has a reference photo right next to him. So, like, why wouldn't they just use that? Like, why wouldn't they yeah, just... Why, why does he have to draw it? Yeah. Doing it on a printer. They have a printed out picture, right? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> the important thing is that this is the point where we actually do establish, and this is where it becomes really painfully obvious, that this episode is, again, explicitly about being Jim Jenkins. Because... Yeah. While all the other difficulties of getting a project together, while all the other people are poking in different directions and all these other things, and you don't really know how to handle those competing crises, oh no, this fucker isn't doing the drawings right. Right. So I'll correct all the drawings while the rest of actually handling the project of making my TV show, I mean bookmarks, can <laughs> go fuck off and do something else. I'm going to be backseat driving all the uh, animators. Oh, right, no. if we didn't have a tyrannical leader with an iron grip over everything, this just wouldn't work. Like, <laughs> the fact that, like, it is this bit in particular that just makes it so fucking transparent that this is Jim Jenkins, because no, he doesn't know how to manage a project in any fucking way, but he does... How do you know that he does it? Because... How do you know that Jenkins does it? How do I... Parody. 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 Not actionable. Uh, Don't see us. Literally every episode of Doug has been about the problems that Jim Jenkins has, and the problems that Jim Jenkins are willing to admit he has in this are exclusively that, well, the only thing I really know how to do is to animate, and I'm busy stomping all over the animators for not animating right. Parody. <laughs> yes. That makes sense. Yeah, it is very much like this is very much like a this is the thing I the small thing that I know how to do. I'm gonna micromanage. I micromanage the thing I know how to do and everything else they want direction from me. That's nice. I don't know how to give that direction, and I'm afraid if I gave an answer it'd be the wrong one, so eh, you figure it out. I mean it's like how there's all those reports of how like Trump would only uh he would like be very obsessed with like the color of the drapes in like the Oval Office room, but then like, you know, not do other nothing. Stuff. Yeah. Just and then not not pay the workers. Like, right. So. Yeah, like the two right. or three like I think I know exactly this one tiny thing, so I'll micromanage the shit out of that and everything else try not yeah. to piss me off. No, there is no rule for how you piss me off. In my uh, classes, they actually did explicitly call out that this is a management style that can sometimes work for a little bit. And the biggest observational case of it occurring, and why it falls apart so badly, was where it got its name, Führerprinzip. Oh, God. <laughs> because under Nazi Germany, the understanding was that one does not expect the Fuhrer to give accurate directions, because if the Fuhrer gave directions that turned out to be foolish, the Fuhrer would look bad. Instead, all people must be constantly working towards the Fuhrer's vision. You should be doing something that you think will make the dictator look good. That way, if you, of your own free will, choose to do something and it makes him look good, he can say, yes, you have done well in enforcing my will. And if you, absent direction, do something that makes him look bad, he can say, oh no, you're an idiot, you did something wrong, who are you, I never knew you, I never hired you, I always hated you, you're a loser. This was a yeah. very common thing, and oh by the way, this 
is an instant recipe for everybody in your organization hating one another and constantly backstabbing each other and nothing getting done. Well, good thing no one does that anymore. Sure don't. <laughs> Definitely isn't a very common feature in every fucking boardroom in America. Yeah. Right. If well, you, this was right, if this was a government that you ran this by, it would be called a dictatorship. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, it's a dictatorship where the dictator himself is petrified of accountability. Yeah. It's a dictatorship of not just a dictator, but a shitty one. Well, that's basically what we're seeing here, because yes. after Doug finishes drawing, redrawing the seal... But before I could finish that, Connie had to see me. Doug, come huh? on! You're the executive! You gotta decide! Because they had started Doug, to cut the bookmarks out of fabric before Bibi found out about the reading line. No, wait, that was after Connie figured out that with the changes and mistakes so far, the bookmarks were gonna cost almost $75 each. And Skeeter kept changing it to look like something else. Oh no, now Skeeter wants to make it shoes again. Um, <laughs> Skeeter, for the love of God. <laughs> Skeeter for Incidentally, another shoes. great demonstration of how this all breaks down, because without any kind of sense of collaboration among the various parts of a project, everybody goes off in their own direction, tries to make it exactly what they think will be the best, and fuck every other member of the team. And a good leader, the key ingredient there is the thing that Doug does not possess and never has possessed, empathy. Because if <laughs> you can see what the various stakeholders actually want out of a project, you can then effectively balance, okay, where can I push, where can I pull, what can be added, what can be lost, and if I gotta screw somebody over, who gets screwed over the least? But because Doug lives in his own fucking imagination world and is incapable of thinking about, well, what does Connie see here? What does BB see here? What does Skeeter see here? Maybe can I tell Skeeter to fuck off? No, he's <laughs> can just... Can we all... make it choose? <laughs> yeah, because Doug is incapable of looking at anything beyond his own fear of making the wrong decision, he cannot decide... And his presence is worse than having no leader. Yeah. Well, they they still want him to be the leader, though, because they all are crowded around him, screaming, Doug, you have to decide. Which is my nightmare. <laughs> People <laughs> crowding around me, yelling at me to decide on something. <laughs> um, but Doug yells, he yells for everyone to be quiet. Um, and everyone, like, as, as he yells to be quiet, they're like, hey, Doug's gonna say something. Oh, boy, he's gonna speak. Uh, and everyone's, like, grinning and, like, <laughs> super amped. <laughs> Finally, Doug... the Fuhrer will speak. <laughs> Finally, our glorious leader who was ordained by the God Guidance Counselor can tell us what to say. Speak, oh, chosen of Mr. Computer. <laughs> yes. Uh... And he runs away. Doug sprints away from all of them. He runs through the creepy abandoned business hallways that no one is in. It's like, you know those hallways in like the, uh, like the evil science lab in like, uh, I don't know, like a Stranger Things or something where it's like, well, this is where the bad guys work. That's what Doug is sprinting through. He, uh, but he finds his way by accident to the uh, executive squash room. Which, this is so fucking on point. Like, if this... You could not make this episode in 
um, the modern day. Well, by the time this releases, the election will have been concluded. So uh, here's hoping I haven't cursed maybe. it. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, maybe, God. But anyway, like, in the modern day, this would be something you couldn't do because it would be too obvious a riff on, ah, well, things are getting hot. Time to go off to my golf course. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't want to make any decisions. Time for me to go somewhere safe where I can relax away from all those people who expect me to help them. Well, I mean, that's always been a business joke, right? Like going to the golf course or like going to the super secret exec lounge. Oh, no, I've been asked to do any work for the first time in weeks. Right. Time to retreat to Jeffrey Epstein's island and blow off some steam. (laughs) Well, you can see that this is the only place that's crowded, right? There's a yep. bunch of people in the executive squash lounge. Yeah, there's a fucking lot of demand for squash, I guess. Yeah, I really liked I liked the idea that, like, Doug goes in there and they're like, Hey, Doug, welcome to the executive squash room. It costs $200 an hour to be in here. <laughs> and he's just like, uh... Doug orders, like, a bunch of appetizers, thinking that they're... Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, they're Please like, provide me all of the caviar. Thank you. And he's like, ew, this is gross. It's just that scene from Home Alone. <laughs> yes. He's, like, buying everything <laughs> for room service. <laughs> um, but they he eventually uh, leaves the squash room. And um, then Mr. Bluff is being dragged over there by BB. Uh, and, well, he imagines, well, before this, he imagines before leaving, he's like, could I really hide in here forever? And he imagines being old Doug, who is in Mr. Bluff's office hiding under the table, and all his friends, who are also old now, are looking for him and chasing him through the halls with, like, walkers and canes and stuff. There he goes! So he just imagines being like, this is his prison forever now. Oh no, the prison of being the executive of a company. And that's what they're saying. People will want my opinion on things in exchange for the phenomenal amount of money I make. Oh no. And I've still made this money for years despite being worthless and not providing any direction. While all these other people have been attempting to provide their input for some time, and all I would have had to do is say yes or no. I just want to go to the Discovery Zone. Please just (laughs) let me go to the Discovery Zone. And even in this, that same reporter is in this fantasy, and he says, well, you know, the one thing Doug doesn't have is time to spend in his lush palace. And it's like, damn, dude, like... You ever see those awful graphs where they claim that, uh, like, uh, your average working class stiff spends less time working than an executive does? And the way they do that is they say, oh, yeah, that three-hour lunch, oh, yeah, that all counts as business. And the fact that... All that time on the golf course, that counts as business. And the fact that in order to, like, get a tax write-off for a, like, home office, it has to be of a certain size and that you exclusively are the only user of that room. So people only with big houses can claim the tax credit for a home office. (laughs) It's very good. Um, So uh, they, they, they cut out of this fantasy and Doug leaves the executive squash court. Um... BB has dragged her dad there in order to, like, bust the door down and pull Doug out. 
and Mr. Captain Bluff tells Doug that he is fired. Well, we uh, we had to have him draw Mr. Shellacky for some reason first. Yeah, right. He draws Mr. Shellacky as like a nervous doodle. Right. And he's like, of course, I know. We'll put t- our teachers on the bookmarks. The lamest thing possible. Like he figured out a way to make bookmarks even more lame. Yeah. What's also funny here is that he resigns as being an executive, even though he's just done the job of the executive by telling everybody yes. that we're going to make the bookmarks like this. Yes! I would like to announce that in my second-to-last action before we go, I am piloting this ship directly into the iceberg. You're all going to hell with me, motherfuckers. Well, so my thought is that maybe the thing, like, before he resigns and he's like, you know, I'm going to be the art director. He's like, I want Chalky to be the actual exec. Um, and so he's drawing. He's like, oh, we could draw all our teachers in, like, funny ways. And so maybe they are going to, like, draw little goofs on the teachers, right? And so, but this would, like, might get him suspended if he's just, like, talking shit on the teachers in these bookmarks. Um, but... I like to think that this would be a successful idea, right? Because then it's super funny that he resigns from it. Chalky takes over, does no additional work, and makes all the money. (laughs) So then Chalky actually didn't end up doing anything because he failed out of art school in this. Chalky failed as an artist, then was just gifted the position of executive while Doug made the only decision they needed, and then Chalky made all the money. And as we see in the next scene, Doug is doing all the work after hours unpaid at his house. <laughs> so Doug has become the artist. I'm where he so has much to happier do... as a slave, actually. <laughs> yes. Like, Doug is doing all the work after hours at home, and Chalky is just raking in the dough in Chalky Corp, where he has a helipad over the root beer bar, having not had to do anything. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's business, baby. That's business, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Ms. Captain Captain Bluff salutes Doug <laughs> as they've made this decision. Uh, and we cut back to Doug in his house. He's doing all these drawings. Uh, and one of these drawings is Mr. Ogie, is Professor Ogie. Oh, I so, missed, okay, I didn't see that. This might have happened in the Oogieverse. Okay, all right. It'd be very funny that this is, like, Doug's ideal imagination of him running a company. Right, and failing and then giving someone else all the money. He's selling all of his shares right before the company goes, does well. Jake insists, realizing that I'd be better off as the idea guy. Can somebody else please handle the business part of this? Because I just can't fucking stand directing people. Right. It's like if the board was forcing him to resign for doing something embarrassing, but he didn't actually do anything embarrassing. Right. <laughs> he just gives up all his shares for in order to go work in the like lower levels of it. Ah, uh, beans. Oh, oh dang. dang it. I did it again. Um, well, so he's about to tell us the moral. Um, like he's about to tell us what he learns, but he's interrupted. So we don't know what Doug actually learned from this. Um... He's interrupted by a phone call, and it is Mr. Shellacky, who is still at work. calling him late at night at his house. Doug, thank goodness I reached you. It turns out Mr. Computer had a little tummy ache. You weren't supposed to be a businessman at all. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's how I refer to my broken computers, too. Yes. That's how I refer to it when it turns out that I've accidentally downloaded 18 distinct viruses. Well, I think that's what he did, because the, the software doesn't work anymore. Uh, and Doug is like, yeah, we figured it all out. I'm supposed to be an artist, right? And... And it turns out that Mr. Computer says that Doug is actually supposed to be a guidance counselor. And he starts chanting guidance, 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 guidance. The man who cannot make a single decision is supposed to guide children. Yes. So. And then Doug puts, Doug puts the phone in the garbage (laughs) and then runs out of his house. Oh, no. I just realized something. What? They're both accurate. Doug will become a corporate executive, and he will be an artist, and he will be a guidance counselor. Oh, he yeah. He will self-decide that oh. I will be an artist who runs a project that will guide children in how to go through life. Oh, man. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's all of these things. I will attempt to be a guy. I will attempt to flee from being a guidance counselor. But no, I'm going to raise the children, making sure that all of them experience a moral, including the moral of this episode, which is that respect and honor those who are your superiors in the hierarchy, because <laughs> their job is really hard. And that is why. Uh, so in this, he's one of two things when he throws the when he throws the phone out and he runs out the door. One is that he's like fuck, I don't want to do this. And this is him, like, in the show, like, creation of the show. He's like, shit, what have I done? I've become a guidance counselor. Like, oh, no. And he, like, throws the phone in the, bat- in, the, in, the, in, the in the trash can. Or he is throwing the phone out, like, because he was, like, too excited to run out the door. And he's running to the school right now to hang out with Mr. Shalaki. Oh, Because he's like, he told me I have to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Authority has commanded me. Right. Putting the phone in the garbage instead of hanging it up is so funny, though. <laughs> it is. Especially if they have to, like, pay a phone bill in this house yeah. for, like, the amount of time he's on Also, the just running out of the house is also great. At, like, late at night. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Funny looking out the window just from where they're sitting reading. They're like, oh, that's nice. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Someone call the police. There's a stranger <laughs> leaving our house. There's a stranger who threw our phone in the trash. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Well, that's the end of the episode, guys. Is is there a moral to this one, you think? Um, I think the intended moral is the respect people who, do, who are your superiors because they do hard work. I seriously think that's all it is because making decisions is hard. It's or it's to do what you love. Like, don't go into what other people tell you what to do. The real moral is don't listen to Mr. Computer, whatever you do. <laughs> right. Mr. Computer frequently gets tummy aches. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's cut this one here, guys. Thanks for joining us on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. I'm going to use Mr. Computer now. Venerate authority.